This is the Tips for Lawyers podcast, where you will learn about the practical skills and mindset you need to be more productive, serve your clients better, add value to your firm, and take your legal career to the next level. This is Chris Hargraves from tipsforlawyers.com, and I admit it, I tried out a jingle before this episode of the podcast. Let me know what you think. Was it any good? Was it annoying? Was it too long? Was it too short? Do I need to change up the words? I just thought I'd float it, uh, give it a little go, see how it turned out, and I'm a little bit undecided. I'm not sure I love it, but uh, I'll let you guys let me know, and we'll see how we get on. I might try a few different versions over time. Other people seem to get some success out of jingles. I'm not sure what success actually looks like when it comes to a jingle, but uh, I had one. I gave it a go. I did a little bit of sound mixing and twiddling and all those things, so uh, let me know your thoughts on the jingle. If it's annoying, I'll just take it out and get straight into the speech. So like I said, this is Chris Hargraves, tipsforlawyers.com, and this is podcast episode number five. Today, I wanted to have a talk about how to work a room. The show notes, as always, if you're interested in just revisiting a little summary of the podcast, you can find at tipsforlawyers.com slash episode 005. And there you can also find your links to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, or if you have a subscription feed, then I provide that detail there as well. Hopefully you are subscribed and hopefully you're enjoying the clarity of the new microphone. A few people have commented that it was a bit better in the last episode, so hopefully I can continue to deliver a bit more high quality podcast with a new microphone. Like I said though, today we're talking about how to work a room. It is of course a networking issue and it's a marketing issue and it's a business development issue and as a young lawyer or as an emerging lawyer, what you're going to find is that you will be asked fairly frequently to attend events where you're going to have to walk into a room. You don't necessarily know anyone except for the people from your own firm. And that can be a bit confronting. So I wanted to give you some advice and some information that might allow you to walk into a room where you don't necessarily know anybody. You know they're friendly, you know that they're accessible and they're there to meet people. Just to give you some strategies to figure out how you might go about meeting new people collecting those business cards, making some contacts, and using the networking function to your advantage. And really, that's what it's there for. It's to be used to your advantage and that of your firm. If you're not using it properly, then frankly, you're kind of wasting your time. I mean, it's all well and good to go out for a few drinks and have some social time. But if you're not actually utilizing that for some longer term purpose, then really your firm's just wasting its money. And frankly, you're disrespecting them a bit by going and drinking their drink and eating their food without necessarily taking full advantage of it. However, what we do find is that a lot of firms don't actually train their young lawyers in how to network properly. They give them enough practice, but they never really sit down and work through some strategies that might help. And that's what I wanted to do today. So what's the goal? The goal today is to allow you to know what to do and what to prepare in order to walk into a room at a networking function and come away with some new contacts that are useful and with whom you can follow up. Tip number one for walking into a networking function where you don't know people, and really it's something you need to do before you walk in, and that is conquer your fear. Most of the networking issues we face as young lawyers come out of fear. We don't want to be that person who walks up to a complete stranger, shakes their hand and is kind of freaking them out with their, uh, you know, zeal and their big smile and things like that. We don't really want to be that person at any networking function. However, however, 
those fears are generally unfounded. And the easiest way, I think, for young lawyers to really look at this issue of the fear of going to the networking function is what is the worst case scenario? I mean it. I mean, what is really the worst thing that could happen if you walk up to something in a, someone at a networking function and you go to introduce yourself, dot, 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 what's going to happen? Probably the worst thing that's going to happen is that they're going to say, hi, don't have time to talk to you now, um, see you later. Or they'll completely ignore you if they're particularly rude or something like that. You might be a little bit embarrassed and frankly, you can get over it. It's fairly unlikely that you are going to walk up to somebody and ruin your entire firm's reputation. It's pretty unlikely you're going to walk up to someone and get yourself killed. And it's pretty unlikely that you're going to ruin your entire legal career by saying or doing something so completely stupid that nobody ever wants to speak to you or hire you ever again. So, think about the worst case scenario because it's actually not that bad. And when you start thinking about it in those terms, what you realize is that your fear of going up to someone at a networking function or introducing yourself or of participating in something is actually irrational. Your fear is not rational. So start thinking about the worst case scenario and get over the fear that is often gripping us before we even get into the networking function. Stop talking in the language that prevents you from meeting new people and networking with new people. And we hear it all the time before we go to functions. You know, oh, I hate going to functions. I can't stand walking into a room where I don't know anybody. Or, gee, I hate these things. You know, that's the kind of language that we use to talk about networking functions. Whereas, in reality, if you start using language like, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to meet some new people, or this should be a really good event, or I'm really looking forward to catching up with X, Y, and Z, and perhaps meeting A, B, or C, then you're going to find yourself in a much more positive framework. You're going to be not thinking about those negative issues and those fears that are going to get in your way. So I encourage you to conquer your fear. Get over it. Start thinking positively. The worst case scenario is in fact not that bad. And fear is what's stopping you from participating properly in a networking function. So if you can get over that, you are a long way ahead of a lot of your peers and your colleagues. Number two, leave your phone at the office. I know this is a little bit controversial uh, and I don't do it myself, but that's because I don't have this particular problem. It's a problem that a lot of people have at the moment and what it is, is that they go to a function and they do that thing where they have to, you know, check emails or text messages or they have to take a call or make a call. And as often as not, those things actually are not necessary. What they are for many people is trying to avoid the embarrassment of standing around by yourself. And so you pick up your phone and you pretend to have a call or you pretend to surf the net or you are in fact surfing the net, I should say. But what you're doing is making yourself deliberately inaccessible to conversation because you haven't done step one properly and you're not brave enough to go and have a conversation yourself. So if this is you, leave your phone at the office. That way you cannot resort to it as a crutch at a networking function when you can't otherwise think of something to do or something to say. You might need it at some point, but for a few occasions, try leaving the phone at the office so that way you're not tempted to pick it up and start surfing the net 
as an alternative to actually getting to interact with some people. Right, the next one is this. Find out who will be there. And it's a really simple one. If your firm or another accounting firm is arranging the function, it's generally pretty easy to get a good idea of who's actually going. At the very least, you should be able to get an idea of what categories of people are going. You know, who is the event for? Is it for young people, experienced people, old people? Is it for debt collectors? Is it for uh, accountants or insolvency practitioners or lawyers or bankers or financiers or whatever? You can get a good idea of what kind of people are going to be there. Even better, if you can get an idea of the specific people who are going to be there, then you can start to make a list of the appropriate people that you might want to catch up with. Now, if you're going with a colleague or a partner in your firm and you're lucky enough to have a bit of inside knowledge about who might actually be there, then use that information. Speak to the partner, even if it's just on your way there while you're walking there. Find out who we know there, who are our clients who are already there that I don't know yet. Who are the partners? Who are the people? Who are the juniors? Who are the participants in this networking function that I should be getting to know? Because the reality is you're not going to find yourself being introduced to the director of BHP, but what you will do is find yourself able to interact with some probable lower-ranking people who are working their way through. They're at a similar level to you, so they're being invited to networking functions. They're being expected to make those contacts and extend the depth that their firm has with your firm. And those are the people you should be probably aiming to meet. If you happen to say hello to a partner, that's fine. But the reality is that the head honchos of the other places already have their existing contacts. They have their networks. They are there to catch up with existing contacts and not necessarily to meet the new kid on the block. What you can do, though, as the new kid on the block is you can start to build relationships with the people at middle levels or middle to higher levels, depending on your seniority. And what that allows you to do is add some depth to the relationship between their place and your place. And don't forget, as you go up the ranks in your legal practice and as you advance in your career and become more senior and start making more decisions, so will they. So at the same time you're looking at starting to bring in work, they will be looking at bringing in work too. And if you have an existing and useful relationship with these people, then that will be more beneficial to you than if you've been aiming at the wrong spot and you just haven't been able to hit it off. And the other thing about finding your targets appropriately is that it's a pragmatic issue. You're going to find people who hopefully have similar interests to you. They might be a similar age to you. At the end of the day, marketing and networking is about building relationship. And it's easier to build a relationship with people that you've got something in common. So Age is a big one. If there's a huge gap between you and the person you're speaking to, it's not impossible, but it's simply more difficult to strike up a conversation and talk about things that are of interest to you both. So finding your targets as best you can, even in a broad sense, before you get there is a great idea because it allows you to narrow down who it is you want to speak to. If you walk into a room with 50 people and you haven't even narrowed down to a vague idea of who you might want to meet, then it is a lot harder because you have not got that direction that helps you to actually strike up a conversation. The second benefit in finding who you want to talk to at a networking function is that you can do a little bit of reconnaissance. You can find out what we know about them. If it is your firm organizing it, then we might have some existing information. There might be some people who already know them. If they are going, then you can get them to introduce you. If they aren't going, then at least you can talk about them. Um, so (laughs) not in a mean way obviously but uh, you can 
find an avenue of discussion if you know who you're going to be talking to and what they have uh, by way of background and interaction with your firm at the moment. Maybe there's a matter you know a little bit about that they're involved in. It doesn't mean you should talk about shop all night, obviously. That's not the topic of this conversation. Uh, But finding who you're going to speak to is really a huge benefit when it comes to going to a networking function. And I encourage you to do whatever you can in terms of reconnaissance before you go. Tip number four when it comes to working a networking room is don't click with your colleagues. Now, this one's pretty easy to do and I see it happen all the time. What happens is, and it's particularly in new lawyers who haven't done the first few steps that I've spoken about today, but what happens is you go to the function, you arrive with, say, 10 or 12 or 15 of your colleagues, and you end up spending the entire time talking mostly to your colleagues. Now, what's the point in that? You already know them. You've got ample opportunity to talk to them. In fact, I would go so far as to say you're in fact just wasting your time talking to them at a networking function. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't talk to them at all. And sometimes your colleagues can be a good way to introduce you to other people who you wanted to get in touch with if you did the last step properly. So I'm not saying don't talk to them at all. What I'm saying is don't form a little closed circle of three or four or five of people who you already know and already work with and who can offer no network or relationship building at all and in doing so you close off the conversation to new people coming in because they see four or five people from your firm all talking together they assume it's a bit secretive and unless they're particularly forthright they're probably not going to intrude on that conversation you might think it's an open conversation and that anyone's invited to participate but I can tell you now other people won't view it that way when it comes time to come and introduce themselves. So if you do have to attach yourself to one of your colleagues because you are just so nervous that you couldn't possibly bear to have a one-on-one conversation with someone, then just do it with one other person. Let them know that you would like to be introduced to one or two people and go from there. They can, if they're looking after you properly, if they're more senior in particular, they know who they're going to meet. They know who they're going to talk to. They have already done the things that I've been speaking about. And most people, if you have been invited to a networking function with people more senior than yourself, most people will not have a problem introducing you to some of their contacts or some of the people who they think it's appropriate for you to meet and network with or that you might have something in common with. Because at the end of the day, everyone who's been around for a few years understands that the point of the networking function is to develop relationships. Now, when it comes to the networking function, developing relationships involves, of course, having conversations. I'm not going to talk about what you should talk about. That's really an entire podcast in itself, how to speak to someone. It does seem a bit ridiculous uh, because we do it every day in a social context, of course, but when it comes time to talk about things at a networking function, a lot of people have a fair amount of difficulty having a conversation that doesn't send someone to, uh, to sleep, basically. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about what to discuss today, but what you want to do as well, when you are introduced to someone and you have ditched your colleagues and you have done your reconnaissance, is you want to figure out how many people you want to speak to. So you don't necessarily want to spend an entire networking function speaking to only one person. You may end up doing that depending on what you think you're achieving, but 
What you want to do is have enough of a conversation with that person that you are memorable to them, that you have an opportunity to exchange business cards, that they are memorable to you so you don't immediately forget everything that they've told you, and have developed enough of a relationship that you can give them a call in the next couple of days and arrange a follow-up coffee or something like that if you felt that there was some kind of point in doing so. So don't necessarily spend the entire networking function talking to only one person. At the same time, you don't want to spend the entire networking function flitting from one person to another. You know, hi, uh, my name's Chris. Oh, hi, John. Nice to meet you. Okay, I better go speak to Mary. Hi, Mary. I'm Chris. And you don't actually get any relationship at all in that. In fact, no one will remember your name, even if you hand every single one of them a business card. Uh, If they don't throw it in the bin, chances are they won't remember who you are unless you're particularly distinctive, Uh, but um, most of us aren't. Frankly, most of us are eminently forgettable. So you need to spend enough time with someone to be memorable, not so much time that you both end up bored and feeling awkward, but again, not so little time that you have no opportunity to talk about anything of any interest to anyone. So somewhere in the middle. As a general principle, if you're going to a networking function that lasts, say, an hour and a half, I'd be aiming to... You know, you do the introductory sort of session. That normally takes sort of five or ten minutes when everyone's just walking around saying hello, getting some food or getting a drink or something like that. But probably you want to aim to spend maybe 15 to 20 minutes speaking to any one person or in any one particular conversation. Now, of course, conversations aren't all one-on-one. Two-on-one conversations are fine. Two-on-two conversations are fine. Uh, The issue is, of course, just to ensure that you're speaking to people who are relevant to you and that you're participating enough in the conversation. Uh, You shouldn't speak all the time, of course, but again, we're not talking about that today. So uh, really what you want to do is have enough of an opportunity to gauge people's reaction to you, to see whether there's any opportunity for some kind of authentic relationship development there, and if possible, to exchange business cards or telephone numbers and follow up on it in the next couple of days to see if they're interested in having another quick chat over a coffee or a bite to eat or whatever uh, you might have available to you in terms of your ability to follow up that kind of networking function. Final tip I wanted to give today when it comes to networking functions is leave when you're done. It's really awkward to see people talking to each other who clearly, frankly, have run out of things to say and they're sort of standing there looking at their watch or this is usually when the phone makes an appearance or the text messages start or whatever. And it's quite obvious that they really have nothing to say to each other. Uh, And and it's just embarrassing to watch, frankly. Um, If you have run out of things to say and the person's not responding at all and you're both feeling awkward just leave that conversation. Excuse yourself politely. Don't make any ridiculous excuses. Obviously, you can't be rude. You can't say, hi, you're boring me to tears. I'm going to go talk to someone else now. But if you can identify someone else to speak to, just say, oh, you know, I'm going to go and uh, introduce myself to such and such now. It was nice to meet you. Something like that. Don't carry on the conversation unnecessarily. At the end of the day, it actually leaves a sour taste in their mouth, mouth, not a positive one. And it does in yours too. These are the conversations where, uh, frankly, you're actually doing negative things for a relationship and not positive. So if the conversation is done, if you see no opportunity to develop any further relationship by the conversation, or worse, if you perceive that in fact things are taking a turn for the worse, 
perhaps you can introduce a colleague to them or uh, walk over with this person to another conversation that sounded interesting to you. Just something to add a little bit more life into the conversation or, like I said, just politely excuse yourself, go and speak to somebody else, see if you have better luck with another person. It is not incumbent upon you to make best friends with every single person you meet at a networking function. Really, if you're not feeling any kind of rapport whatsoever, there's no point in you wasting your time doing it because you're never going to authentically follow up that person or want to spend any time with them of any kind. And that's fine. It's not necessarily something wrong with them. Sometimes it is, but it's not necessarily something wrong with them or something wrong with you. It's just that the two of you don't necessarily have very much to discuss. I, for example, and don't tell anyone um, except for the, you know, few people who listen to this podcast, but I don't actually particularly enjoy football, for example. I occasionally have a few things to say or I might express an opinion. Obviously, if I have to pick a team, I'll pick a team just for fun, but I don't particularly enjoy football. So if I'm speaking to someone who insists on speaking about sport for for 30 or 40 minutes, frankly, I'm going to excuse myself before that conversation is over. I know a bunch of sports nuts who are almost certainly going to be at the same networking functions as me. I'm going to take that person, I'm going to introduce them to them, and I'm going to leave them to it. They'll talk about sport, and they'll all be happy with it, and I can go and talk about something else that I'm actually interested in with somebody else who's interested in similar things to me. So you can find other people who share your interests, who have conversations that you want to have, and who at the end of the day will help you develop a better relationship. So just to recap... Let's look at how you're going to approach the next networking function that you're invited to. First thing, you're going to conquer your fear. You're going to think about it in positive terms. Uh, You are going to think about the worst case scenario for if you walk up to someone and introduce yourself and it goes badly or if you say something wrong and you're going to realize that it's in fact not that bad. Second, if this is a problem for you, then you are going to leave your phone at the office You are going to leave it somewhere at the very least where it is not possible for you to pick it up and use it as some sort of backup device when it comes to a networking function. You're just feeding into your fears by doing that. Leave it at the office. Leave it in a bag somewhere. Don't have it accessible to you at a networking function. Aside from it being rude, it's just going to help you to distract yourself from building relationships. Number three, you're going to do your reconnaissance. You're going to learn about who's coming. You're going to learn what they're like. You're going to ask your partners or your marketing people or whoever you might have access to about the kinds of people who are going to attend this function. And if possible, you're going to ask them to introduce you to some people who they think it might be appropriate for you to meet and who you might have some ability to develop some relationship with over time. Number four, when you get to the function, you're not going to just hang around with your own colleagues. You are going to find opportunities to meet new people, to gauge how quickly and readily and successfully you can build rapport with those people, and you are going to develop relationship in that way. No point in developing relationship with people that you already know really well that you work with. Finally, you're going to identify and react when a conversation is over. You're not going to just carry on an awkward conversation and leave a bad experience in everyone's mind. You're going to bring it to an end politely and you're going to move on to another opportunity that's going to use your time better and more productively. Those are my five tips for working a room. I hope they've been useful to you. Use them at your next networking function and let me know how you get on. And I'll see you next time.